Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... realizes he's he's not Jesus. I'm not saying this to help me in any way. I'm just giving you the truth of the matter. You know that that Christian leaders are human, don't you? Okay, but is that your practice to treat them that way? See, I said we we know it, but we often fail to do it. It's not an excuse. I'm making an excuse. It's just the reality that we're we're all human. Today on Changed by Love, we will talk about one of the most important topics in the entire Bible. We will be learning how men or women can be declared innocent of their sins before God. When the Apostle Paul told people this, he was usually met with great opposition. But when people understood it, they realized it was the greatest news they had ever heard and put their trust in Jesus Christ. Maybe that can be you today, and you can have all your sins forgiven. So let's join Pastor Jim in Galatians chapter 2 for a clear message from the Lord through the Apostle Paul. How do we tell people that they are wrong? Humbly and prayerfully with love and not thinking the worst until all the facts are in. This is something the Bible even says, and we said in the Proverbs, we're often guilty of the first person tells us something and we're like, that's it. You know, I'm a hammer, you're a nail, boom. Instead of, instead of really figuring out what's going on. Listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote, Romans 15, 14. He says, now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you are also full of goodness, filled with knowledge, able to admonish one another. He's writing to the church that you are able to admonish. Some versions say instruct one another. That means the Apostle says that when people have the Spirit of God living in them, and they are people who are under the authority of the word of God, they actually may be sent by God to admonish, to instruct, to rebuke, to encourage, to exhort another brother or sister. You don't have to be the pastor to do that. J.B. Phillips, in his paraphrase, translated this way. He says that the Apostle Paul says, "I, I am confident that you are able to keep each other on the right road. Isn't it interesting? Pastor Paul writing that to the congregation in Rome. So what the Apostle Paul knows, sorry, what he knows, which we all do, we all know what I'm about to say. He actually does. And it's something we often fail to do. The Apostle Paul realizes that Peter's human. He realizes he's, he's not Jesus. I'm not saying this to help me in any way. I'm just giving you the truth of the matter. You know that, that Christian leaders are human, don't you? Okay, but is that your practice to treat them that way? See, I said we, we know it, but we often fail to do it. It's not an excuse. I'm not making an excuse. It's just the reality that we're, we're all human. 
The apostle, as we said, he, Peter, uh, Paul sees that Peter's theology and practice are, are not matching up. It's like he's saying, you're not thinking through what you are doing. But here we see this is, this is so important because of the implications for the first century church. This is no time for just what we might call a lapse of judgment. This is no lapse of judgment. And, and people will say, well, why would he do why would he rebuke him publicly and not pull him to the side? Because of the effect it's already had. It has affected a lot of people already. And that stuff spreads like wildfire. So it's a public sin. It's a public practice by a public leader. And it required a public rebuke and correction. Now let's understand something very important here about stuff because we're going to have to rub some all of us the wrong way in a little bit. Now you really want to go. This is not house rules. I think sometimes we have to understand the difference between house rules and legalism. How many of you ever had your kids empty the dishwasher? Raise your hand. You ever had your kids? Not in the Bible. That's legalism. You might say honor your father and your mother, but it's house rules. It's house rules. My own wife tells me not to sit on the bed. She makes the bed, and I'm just like, what are you sitting on the bed for? I just made it. I'm like, that's legalism. She says, no, those are Pam's rules. <laughs> so, so, so we have to understand that the, the difference. House rules are fine. We all have to have them. But this is a gospel issue. And what's at stake here is what he calls the truth of the gospel. The good news that we are accepted by God because of the work of Jesus Christ. And, and, and he's saying, Peter, these other guys are coming up saying that we're saved by the work of Jesus Christ plus something else, and you're encouraging it. You're, you're, you're joining in it, and people are watching you. Peter, it's not because of what we do and what we don't do. You know that it's by the grace of God shown to all who turn to God and put their trust in Jesus Christ. Regardless of their race, these are people of a different ethnic origin he's, talk, he's, he's up there ministering to, or their social status. You don't, you don't have to become something to become a Christian. That's what's different about Christianity. That's why we send missionaries in, and we don't send them in with guns and say, be like us. We send them in with the Bible and prayer and love, and we say, we'll become like you to share the gospel with you. We'll eat your food. That's food. Yeah, we'll eat that. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll learn your language. To the Jew, Paul said, I become a Jew. Why? So I may win the Jew. But it's not only about correcting people. It's about receiving correction. Even though a lot of times people will correct you and they're wrong. But a lot of times it's about what's the attitude with which we receive it. Listen to, listen to what King David said, Psalm 141.5. Let the righteous strike me, it shall be a kindness. And let him rebuke me, it shall be as excellent oil. Let my head not refuse it, for still my prayer is against the deeds of the wicked. It's like, I'll take it. But still, but still, I want to be against the wicked. Verse 15, he, he's, I think he's still talking to Peter here. He says, we who are Jews by nature, listen, we're, we're Jews by birth and not sinners of the Gentiles or from among the Gentiles. Now, some people are like, what is he saying here? I kind of think he might be saying, 
you don't really think we're better than them, do you? Like, oh, we don't eat with your kind. Like, you're, you don't, you don't think, but we're, because he's like, oh, we're Jews by nature, not those sinners. I think this is more sanctified sarcasm. Verse 16, key, it's a whole sermon. Knowing that a man is not justified, a man or a woman is not declared righteous by God by the works of the law. We'll talk about more what that is in a second. But by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus. Peter, this is how we became Christians. This is how, this is how we were taught by Christ. This is how we became his followers. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ. Says it again, faith in Christ. And not by the works of the law, not by good works, not by good deeds, not by rituals, not by sacrifices. For by the works of the law, look at this, no flesh shall be justified. Not a one, no one, no one by good deeds shall be justified. So he's saying, you know, the Lord taught us that it's impossible for anyone to be justified by their good works. Remember, we are saved unto good works, not by our good works. Our good works reveal our salvation. They do not cause and effect and actuate our salvation. So the Apostle Paul is clear as day, and many people who call themselves Christians can't stand him for what he says. Absolutely can't stand him. He says, no one is justified by their works. Justified is a judicial word. Um, it basically means, uh, some of you have heard it this way, justified is just as if I have never sinned. The charges have been dropped. You're guilty of sin, but the charges have been dropped. The debt has been wiped off the ledger. The hard drive has been wiped off the computer with all of the, all of the information. It's not in the cloud it's not gonna show up somewhere else. Why? Because all of your sin was taken from you and was placed on Jesus Christ. And his righteousness was taken and put on you. So you have been declared righteous. And the apostle Paul says, no one, no one will be declared innocent apart from, and very key statement here, faith in Christ. Faith in Jesus Christ. In other words, he is saying, being a good person, put it in American language, doing good works. People say, I'm saved by my good works. I'm always like, so what are your good works? Um, uh, <laughs> making sacraments or rituals, even the ones that the Bible says to do. The two in the New Testament are communion and baptism. If you haven't been baptized yet, you should be baptized. People say, well, the thief on the cross wasn't baptized. You're right, he wasn't, and he was still saved. So if you're a thief on a cross, you don't have to be baptized. <laughs> but the Lord commanded us to be baptized. Why? Because we are publicly stating, as we're gonna see in a little bit, that we have been crucified with Christ, that we are dead men and dead women walking. 
we partake this Sunday, we will partake in the Lord's Supper because we are the people of God, partaking, remembering what Christ did for us. So going to heaven, those things will not get you to heaven. Getting to heaven requires faith, trust in Jesus Christ, a personal commitment that stakes your entire eternal destiny on Jesus Christ. And so here we, we see really, this is one of those things where sometimes I'll say the Apostle Paul's, uh, his intellect is daunting because here we really see his, his brilliance. We're, we're no longer talking about circumcision, are we? He's completely changed the subject. We're not talking about food anymore, are we? We're not talking about the menu anyway, any, anymore. We're talking about the fact that no human effort whatsoever is going to get someone to heaven. That's right. He's saying it. No one, he says, might be justified. A man is not justified by the works of the law. He is saying that no amount of human effort, no amount of morality, no amount of law-keeping will result in a not guilty verdict. Everyone stands before God guilty. Once again, we see the profound danger in picking and choosing Bible verses that do not expose our sin, in only picking and choosing Bible verses that tell us the happy texts. That's Pollyanna. It really is, actually. <laughs> she called it the happy text, those happy calendars you guys give me. <laughs> and and that, that is the danger, because if you don't hear the bad news, the good news will have virtually no meaning to you at all. Because without understanding the penalty and the crisis of sin, will you rest in Christ or will you rest in yourself? And that is the problem. You, if you think, oh, well, I'm going to go to heaven because I'm a good person, you are not resting in God's provision for the forgiveness of sins and righteousness, his beloved son with whom he is well pleased, the Lord Jesus Christ. The holy law of God demands two things. We'll see how you think you're doing. Number one, perfect obedience. Any takers on that one? No takers on that one? But, but, but. Okay, then, um, don't worry, there's a second option. Eternal punishment for disobedience. <laughs> now, we have to realize that somebody's going to have to be punished for our imperfect obedience. So it's a matter of, do you want Jesus to take the punishment for you or do you want to take it for yourself? Now, you're going to hear a lot of people, and they're going to talk about the law. Let me impersonate them. Oh, the law. <laughs> oh, the Old Testament. Ah, oh, forget that. Yeah, you don't read two-thirds of the Bible? You don't read Jesus and the Apostles' Bible. <laughs> That's what they started out with. Oh, the law. All right. The law is not the problem. The law reflects the righteousness of God. What's the problem? Our lawlessness is the problem, not the law. Do you ever get a speeding ticket? I hate to say this, because then it will happen. I've never gotten a speeding ticket. 
I got pulled over for speeding the same day Pam did one time. Don't tell her I told you this. <laughs> and she got a ticket. She was so upset. I got pulled over too. And she was like, did you get a ticket? I was like, mm. she goes, did you tell him you were a pastor? I, I might have mentioned it. <laughs> the speed limit is not the problem. The police officer is not the problem. Our driving is the problem. The law is not the problem. Lawlessness is the problem. Now, this is what people will say. Well, well nobody's perfect. That's actually not true. From that first Christmas morning when he popped out of his mama's belly until the day he ascended into heaven, there was a perfect man here on earth. And the cro- his cross covers the punishment for our disobedience. So in the gospel, God imputes, this is the word we call it, he offers to impute or to give or to place upon us, to place in our account the righteousness of Jesus Christ and credit us with the righteous work that Jesus Christ has done on our behalf. So the good news is we can be justified. We are justified. Our sins are forgiven, and we are declared righteous by faith. Listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. And if you don't like what I say, email Pastor Rocco. Rocco at (laughs) ccmorrishills.org. Get a pen, I'll give you a cell number. (laughs) We are declared righteous by faith. Faith is the open hand with which we receive the Lord's salvation. But notice the important detail that he just said three times in verse 16. By faith, In Christ. So Christ, not faith, is the basis for our justification. Do we have that? Faith is only as good as the object in which it is placed. So we are not saved by faith. Faith is how we receive it. We are saved by faith in Christ. Christ, not our faith, is the basis of our justification. Without Christ, it wouldn't matter how good your faith is. You could not be saved. So we get right with God by personally trusting in Christ, not ourselves, not our faith. We trust in Christ alone. Getting right with God includes admitting that you cannot be saved by the good things that you do. Remember we said last time, how good is good enough? You're saved only through Christ. Now, at this point in time, the objection many people have goes something like this. Pastor Jim, you got to be really careful here because if you say it's only about Christ, if you only say we're saved by grace through faith alone, some people will abuse that. They will say it doesn't matter how we live. In fact, some people would go so far as to say without good works, we're encouraging people to sin. And because of that, you know what some people did? They went out and set up churches and designed a bunch of good works so you could do 
so you wouldn't be out sinning. And the people live like the devil. Many others would say this, if you're just constantly telling people that they're saved by grace, that takes away the motivation to serve God. I mean, if they don't feel guilty, who's going to vacuum the church, Pastor Jim? (laughs) Who's going to park the cars? Who's going to give the money? What are we going to do? Thank you. You're not pointing at me saying I have to do all that stuff. I really appreciate that. Well, the Apostle Paul is going to answer this for us as we go through the letter. And the reality is, without the Word of God, without the power of the Holy Spirit, without what we'll talk about in a minute, spiritual regeneration, without being born again, those people are right. (laughs) They're right. That will be the natural inclination of people. That it doesn't matter how I live. And I'm going to try and control people. But the apostle is going to teach us the opposite is actually true. That salvation by works actually destroys grace. And therefore, when it destroys grace, it promotes sin. Because anything that is anti-gospel, anti-Christ, is promoting sin. And he's going to show us how salvation by grace actually promotes holiness. So it's going to be totally counterintuitive. Well, he answers it for us here. If we're saved by grace, does it matter how we live? Verse 17. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves, we all, we ourselves also are found to be sinners. So if you're a Christian, do you still sin? You do. You do. And he says, more sanctified sarcasm. Is Christ therefore a minister of sin? He's like, wait a minute now. Are you trying to say that, that, that you're saved by grace and you continue to sin? That's Jesus' fault? Are you, are you blaming him for it? Or, or are you saying that means he's okay with sin? Well, look at the answer. Certainly not. <laughs> Certainly not. He's, he's like, listen, that's absurd to think like that. That's absolutely crazy to think like that. Do you really think that Jesus Christ died on the cross? He's telling them, you think that Jesus Christ died on the cross so it's okay to sin? So you could sin more? Jesus came to remove sin and give us the power over sin, not to promote sin. He's trying to tell these guys, take a minute and think about what the way your thinking is going. Now, to be fair... A couple terms we have to talk about here. Um, to be fair, there is logic in their objection. Now, remember, we're not talking about food here. We are talking about the entirety of how someone lives who says that they're a Christian. So, so what happens is people come in and they set these kinds of rules. You know, ladies, you have to, you can't wear jeans. Any of you wearing jeans? Sinners. Right, you can't, you can't, you know, you got to have a certain haircut and wear certain clothes, and you know, just wear what you want. Just look nice, and you know, just 
Make, I always tell the ladies, you know, and I don't tell them so much anymore. We just say, make sure the guys are looking at the stage, not you. <laughs> so, and, and, you know, and, and just decently and orderly, that's, that's, what, that's what God wants. You want to wear a suit? Wear a suit. Don't be a Pharisee and say you can't wear suits. That's being a Pharisee. Don't be a Pharisee saying you can't wear jeans. Wear, just do what you want. That's, that's okay. You're free in that. Thank you for listening to Change by Love the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire here at Changed by Love is simply to bring you the life-changing message of Jesus Christ by teaching you the Bible in a simple, easy-to-follow way. With that being said, we try to put our messages into as many people's hands as possible for a very low cost and often free of charge to anyone who contacts us. Did you know that all of our messages can be found for free on our website? Changedbyloveradio.com That's changedbyloveradio.com. Please check out our website and hit the Contact Us button to tell us something about yourself or to request a CD copy of a message. Here at Changed by Love, we depend on the grace of God as well as the generosity and prayers of our loyal listeners. So thank you to all of you who are prayerfully and financially supporting our program. We would love to hear from you and pray that you drop us a card or a letter to Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. And don't forget to contact our friends at this radio station and tell them you are being blessed by Changed by Love. It would be a great encouragement to them. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you'll make plans to join us again next time right here on this station for more practical Bible teaching through God's Word with Pastor Jim Kevney, passionately proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to a world that needs to hear.